Welcome to Full Metal RPG, episode 84. I'm your host, Richie Buzzkill, and this episode is brought to you by all the Patreons over at patreon.com slash RPG. If you would buy us, consider buying us a beer, please consider lending us your patronage. Ashley, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic. How are you doing? Uh... I had a lot of sugar earlier, so I'm feeling pretty good right now. Okay, so, so you're not at like the crash point yet? No, still... no. That, that'll that come about halfway through the show. Awesome. So <laughs> expect the unexpected. Okay. Adam, you're returning. I am. It's, it's Adam motherfucking sink. Back row. for what's a double hitter. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows what's happening. You really timed the sugar crash well, Richard. I know. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> That's just so fantastic. <laughs> And then uh, we have uh, Todd here with us uh, from, from uh, Hunters of Avalon. How are you yeah, doing, Todd? I'm doing great. So, hmm? No, I'm great. Okay, good. We'll be talking about <laughs> that a little bit we'll, later. We'll talk about my phone started buzzing in my pocket. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's like, ooh. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh man, I'm answering questions. I'm getting buzzed. Whoa. It's, it's on surprise mode. <laughs> so you handled that really well. <laughs> uh, so it's in uh, my right pocket. Yeah. <laughs> it's worse in my left. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, it's good to, good to have everybody here tonight. Uh, the last, uh, it's the last recording session at, uh, at the, Arizona Game Fair Warehouse. We're gonna. That's that's closing down. So we're we're closing. It's we're going away. Yeah. Cl- closing that down. We're gonna. We're still having Arizona Game Fair, but uh, no open uh, warehouse to play in. So that's. Uh, we're gonna do a big party tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. It, it'll be in the past in the, in this when you download this, but uh, mm-hmm. gonna be a lot of fun. Then we're gonna no, no, raise no, tell it it's to tomorrow the ground. Yes. <laughs> then we have to find some alley to record in from now on. So. Oh, well, that, that might be outside of uh, Chateau de Buzzkill. Yes, I still need to cross-stitch that thing for you guys. <laughs> I, I, I think, uh, well, you know, you're, no, you're, busy with your, you're busy with your adventures. Yeah, I'll take it with me on my next trip, and maybe I can do some cross-stitching. Yeah. Hungover cross stitching. Yeah, I was like in between <laughs> drinks. I have, <laughs> yeah, I'll get it done. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yes. Uh, so, uh, Ashley. Yeah. So you you've been on adventures again. Are there any RPGs that you have been have bubbled to the top of your mm-hmm. brain that you would like to highlight? Anything RPG related that you would yeah. love to talk about? Actually, um, I've been looking into um, Iron Sworn. Ooh. Iron Sworn is a uh, solo, like you can play it solo. It's kind of designed to either play it solo or in small groups. So uh, if I have a couple hours to myself at some point, I can get into that. But it's based on a couple different systems that the creator talks about at the beginning of the book. And one of them is Fate, which I'm very familiar with because that's what we started Mamre Alpha on. So, uh, yeah, I was looking through the rule book this morning and it was, well, the second system we used yeah, before we went to tiny. <laughs> everyone wants to forget about the first system when you play D20. I would like to put the disclaimer out there. I wasn't on memory oh, alpha right. at that point. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the first six, six episodes or so you can just skip straight to seven or eight. That's when I come on and that's when we move to fate. So yeah. Yeah. It gets much better when you move to fate. Yes. So yeah, it's still much, fun, but gets much better. Yeah. Fate, fate was really good for us. And then uh, tiny frontiers have 
been amazing. That's been a really good system. I think we hit our sweet spot with that one. But uh, Iron Sworn has um, Fate was one of the what's it called when it's in, the inspiration. Fate was one of the inspirations for Iron Sworn. So oh, okay, yeah. cool. So since I'm familiar with that, I'm looking into getting into that. That sounds amazing. Yeah, and, I'm excited. Uh, I was watching a little bit of uh, Adam Koble do like a, a, a start his Iron Sworn game. Mm-hmm. So that that looked very much like Fate, where you were putting out a lot of like cards on the table to like be able to to to, to touch and be like, I'm going to use this for this and get it with playing which, cards. Well, with Fate. When you play it in person, you put out like you p- oh. you write the the things you want to tap on gotcha. the table, and that I thank you springs. <laughs> you want to tap the spring? Yeah, tap the spring. Right. To to add errors and mm-hmm. fun for my editing. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, the only cards that I tap are magic cards. Thank uh, okay. you, okay, Mamana. Right. Yep. So anyway, yeah. So Todd, is there? I mean, I know we're going to talk about hunters. Well, okay, so this is fun. So this last weekend was going to be like my last free weekend before the Hunters of Avalon Kickstarter goes off. So a lot of my friends from California, uh, they they do a D&D game, I don't know, two or three times a year, and they invited me to go play with them. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to make it this time because I probably won't see you guys for a long time once this Kickstarter takes off. So we went up and we played 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons and... Um, it's fun cause it's all people I taught them how to play, but they've kind of run with it and done their own thing. And my friend Josh runs the game and I just love that he doesn't really care at all about the rules. <laughs> he just, he's like, like you could be a rogue and you're like, yeah, sure. Cast magic missile. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, and I'm just, I just sit there and watch them now. And it's cause none of them like are really hardcore players. They just have fun yeah. with, they're like, Hey, I found this spell in the book. Can I use it? And Josh just says yes all the time. <laughs> and so like, like it's like, I'm a little, I'll admit I'm a little bit of a power gamer. So mm-hmm. when I go play with them, I have to like ratchet it back like 10,000 notches and just like whatever. So I, I let them make my character this time and they tried to make the worst one they could. And it was a lot of fun. Actually. Mm-hmm. Just, what, like, what was the character? Um, they made a bard cause then it was mostly a support character, yeah. um, which wasn't bad at all. And then they were like, let's make him a cat person. It ended up being like a good combination. <laughs> but, like a tabaxi but, cause bard? again, they did, yeah, it was a tabaxi bard. Nice. Um, and because they don't know the rules, they didn't know that was actually like, you get bonuses <laughs> to charisma and stuff. <laughs> I was like, well, I'll take it guys. And then, and then Josh was like, oh, you broke the game again. I'm like, you guys made the character. I just, I'm just rolling the dice. <laughs> like, I mean. You can break the game with any character. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's more for him. It's like he thinks his adventures are going to go a certain way, and then I'll just like pick something out of the rules and do it. And then it, he's like, "Oh, I didn't think somebody could do that." Like, uh-huh. <laughs> like, and I was like, "Just tell me no. I can't do it. I'm fine, dude. Whatever." That's <laughs> Have you heard of the campaigns where they, it's like the all bard cast? It <laughs> sounds just, great, though. I know. I'm like, it sounds awful, but also very entertaining. So, yeah, yeah they have the entire um, party as bards. <laughs> yeah, very entertaining. Uh, I, yes. I, I heard one, it was a Happy Jacks, they call it Mission Embardable. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was pretty fun. Yeah. But, uh, cool. What would be the worst all-one-class party? Paladins? I don't know. Like for the DM, mm-hmm. it would just be all healers. Or, or for, like if you just took like survivability, are we talking survivability or are we talking about like, no, I mean just like the, like I think like an all fighter group <laughs> would be really bad because then they just go murdering everything in their way. Yeah. You know? I'm just trying to think like story wise, what would be the no, worst? Story-wise. I don't know. Anyway. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's a, it's a good question. Like mm-hmm. I, I think you're, you're probably not far off, but all fighters, paladins. all paladins. That's what they I just, said. All but, paladins. Yeah, sorry, I was like, that. Oh, oh no, no, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, they, but they'd be all just 
they, they'd at least work together. No, no. All paladins depending. of different alliances. Oh, different. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, different I was religions like, depending. Yeah, you yeah. never get out of the inn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we pay him? Well, you just like combat to the death in the inn. I mean, that's yeah. like half the Game beginning over. of a, the original D&D games. Yeah. <laughs> so. Hmm. Adam. Yes. Is there anything uh, RPGs you want to talk about right now? Sure. I, I had to pack all my stuff and then unpack it. And I've been, I found all my Dark Ages books. So Vampire the Dark Ages books. So I'll probably be, uh, I'm planning on running that sometime this year. I decided I'm going to try to do that on Roll20. So hmm. if there's anyone listening who's like Vampire the Dark Ages and with a full metal RPG GM. Well, we, 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 may have, uh, we may have a system for that coming. So. Oh, okay. That, that yeah, we'll but, see. Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be doing that. So I'll be running that, and I think I'm gonna do uh, Jerusalem by night. So I think mm-hmm. that'll be pretty fun. Yeah, I think there's that. I, I can name at least four people who listen to the show regularly. They're probably like scrambling for their their <laughs> to, to DM you right now. Yeah, they so. can just hit me up. Whatever, I'm around. So it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I uh, I I forgot my love of that game. I'm rediscovering my love of that game. Yeah. Nice. And then, you know, the homie William hit up me or was talking today, and I may also do Dark Sun at some point, like 4th mm-hmm. Dark Sun and run that post-apocalyptic fantasy. Doesn't you, that sound like fun? Yeah. I mean, you hey, had, there's no water. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you had me at Dark Sun, and then you lost me at 4E. But <laughs> I'd still play because you're running. So that's 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 the truth. Thrycreen everywhere. That's all. (laughs) So you can do your thrycreen. Yeah, just all (laughs) thrycreen. Pick all the the same voice for the thrycreen. Just make them all. Yeah, well, they're like a hive mind, right? So yeah, just you just need one voice. Mm. (laughs) Nice. So uh, there, I've been reading um, how to write adventure modules that don't suck (laughs) from uh, Good Goodman Games. I feel personally attacked. Well, do you want to see I this person? It. it looks like one of those old notebooks. Too. Yeah, like that's kind of neat. I love they it. Did a cool I like the doodles the on it. This mm-hmm. is nice. The, yeah, the, the doodles are neat. The we, production uh, by Goodman Games. The art is almost is always mm-hmm. on point, mm-hmm. and they even have on the in the in the first flap. It, it's like the the well. There's some cool art oh, on sorry. the wrong interior. flap. Yeah, <laughs> and then like there it is. The autographs page. It looks. It, it's kind of like, hey, come autograph my yearbook kind of thing. Right. So like, um, but oh, there's super cool. But yeah. no, you're saying I can sign this? Yeah, you can totally sign it. I mean, you weren't an author in the book, but you know, I, I, I don't plan on chasing those people down anyways. So. Oh, that was their autographs. I yeah, think. it's okay. I can mm. you can autograph. Okay. I mean that we we often talk about like having some sort of like. But we don't have that many guests in person. This is kind of a rarity. So yeah, um, you could just mail them to us. But yeah, sign this piece of paper yeah. and mail it, and then we can <laughs> tape it, it on the inside it. of the book. Spray out. Yeah, well, yeah. Just like stitch a book together. Um, but Oddly enough, I can do that. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> you're a very talented maker. We'll, we'll get <laughs> there's some really cool stuff on the table right yeah. now. Uh, but. What I found is not only is it good advice for writing adventure modules, but it's good GM advice in here too. So like the one I was just reading was about uh, use all five senses, or at least try to use as many senses as you can to try and tell a story, not just like tell them a goblin burst in, but tell them about the the, the smoke and the, the, uh, the crowded bar and the, uh, you know, give them more to it and it was it was really kind of it was a great uh, little subchapter but it's all these little 
little articles that are followed by uh, uh, little encounters or uh, modules, like little sub-modules. So every chapter in this book has something in it. You can not only learn, but then they have something they wrote specifically to illustrate that point. Yeah. So, hmm. uh, but it was kickstarted a few years ago. I think you can still get it from their website. But uh, that's that's kind of what I want. I've been uh, reading because also while I'm not writing a fantasy module, I'm working on trying to write a cyberpunk uh, module. So that's kind of um, what you know is some reading on the side to try and, mm-hmm. you know, focus my efforts a little Some bit. Inspiration, a little bit of yes. assistance and yeah. cutting through all of the... So what I want to know is when the goblin appears, the sense that I... The sense that I would be the most curious about is the smell. How exactly do you convey smell? Well, it, Not taste? Well, it, it's the... <laughs> no, well, smell. <laughs> well, you, you taste the smell of uh, the... The kind of unwa- the blue. The unwashed, <laughs> the unwashed goblin body that's kind of a, a, a mix of, of dirt and mm-hmm. uh, and this uh, body odor cheese. Oh, good. Cat I'm urine. glad I, I think asked the word you're looking that. for is cat urine. <laughs> there you go. That yeah, goblins smell like cat urine. Don't, okay, today don't I learned. Don't make us there. <laughs> today I learned. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, I you know that's. It, it, or it could just be the uh, you know the the smell of all the people around you the mm-hmm. the, the candles and the 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 smell of well well worn travelers with ho- horses and leather mm-hmm. and and uh, and the uh, the the smell of the cooking coming from the the tavern. Okay. Uh, yeah, like you typically bring sense. up smell when you go up in like a dungeon and you would talk about yeah. you know it's like it's opening it up a musty. grave and it's like it's musty and mm-hmm. it's very earthy in here and there's yeah. a smell of decay and rot and you would kind of go over that sort of thing yeah okay so and the, then if anybody licks anything then yeah. you'd be like okay well now we can do taste right <laughs> <laughs> that's not gonna be the first thing i do any dungeon i'm in in any campaign i'm gonna be like i lick the wall I, yeah just first that's what i do for my like first chocolate. attack Weird. i roll to attack the goblin i want to lick him yes yeah. <laughs> i would need to know what he tastes like yes uh, then you got to get into grapple rules <laughs> I don't need to grapple to. him to lick him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You just have disadvantage. It's 5e. I just run up and lick him. Right. Like, I don't need to grab him to do <laughs> it. <laughs> he would be surprised, I think. He probably He'd would. He'd be like, sword's he, not up. This doesn't look yeah. like a, oh, oh. oh. Now we're just uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Depending on which Are class. Are we friends now? Have... Is that how goblins <laughs> greet each other? I have no idea. Depending <laughs> on which class, assume. if you have uh, like sneak attack, you could probably move before the goblin even does. So... Like win on. <laughs> We're so off the rails on our goblin licking thing. That, okay, so I'm making all this canon in Avalon just so you guys. <laughs> okay, okay, great. Awesome. great. I'm Excellent. glad I could help you. Excellent. This is all real. So, uh, and then I got to play. Uh, I got to play DCC on uh, Friday night with the uh, the old role playing club over at the Game Depot. So mm-hmm. I kind of, I just kind of showed up. I was like, I decided on Friday that. I was like, this is Procrastination Liberation Day, so I'm going to make a list, and I'm going to do a bunch of stuff, and I'm going to feel good, mm-hmm. and that's what I did. And then I was like, you know what? I need to play a game. So I went down there, and they, they've been doing uh, DCC Lankmar. Hmm. Uh, and, of course, they're in the middle of a dungeon right now, so, of course, that's when I show <laughs> up to uh, just pick a character off the pile of characters because it's DCC, you just mm-hmm. have piles of characters because you need them, <laughs> and uh, 
and, and then I, I was I was I was like, oh, I'll play a wizard. And then I thought about it. I was like, I should just play a, a, a warrior. And then they're like, well, we have five warriors. So I'm like, okay. I hear that's like the worst party. It, it, no, well, the second worst party <laughs> after, the, pal- after the paladins yeah, of all true. different. Yeah. Right. What level are they? They're first level. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that might be fun to play a wizard at first level in DCC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, burn. Well, spe- spell burn, but the fact that you don't actually lose your spells unless you uh, roll poorly, yeah. roll poorly, so you can still keep casting spells. I, I kind of do, you know, because they don't actually mention that in the rules very well. I've read them, and like, I still mm-hmm. am not clear. And then I was like, "Can I just keep casting this?" And they're like, "Yeah, until you." It you know. tells you if you lose it based yeah. on the result, but right. you have to roll high on most spells to get. It, an effect so it's, it's like 11 plus on yeah. on a spell yeah so. if you want a good effect it's usually like 16 plus before right. you start getting in anything that's really notable right it's just like oh it's a minor like you t- <laughs> take a d3 for my uh for my magic missile or whatever right. for like uh you know in the 11 to you almost have to spell burn just to yeah. be effective at that mm-hmm. level. right and, and then you basically retire almost immediately because you spell burned your your dex con and, and strength down to the point you can't actually do anything. They come back. It, Eventually. It, it, take, it yeah. takes a while. Though. It does. You just That's rest. why you retire. Right. <laughs> it does remind me of the time that we were playing. I was playing fourth, fourth level DCC, and we were playing like a, 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 a flashback, and we were defending this castle, mm-hmm. and it, this castle was being attacked by an army of cockatoo men. <laughs> so they were bird men uh-huh. and they were being commanded by the emperor of the moon. This is DCC. This is like painted <laughs> on the side of the van with a wizard, you know, wizards yeah. on the side of a van. And, and I was like, you know what? If my character dies, I'm just going to replace my character here in a minute anyways. Mm-hmm. So I spell burn to get the maximum effect of animal summoning. And that means I got a hundred hit dice of creatures I could command. So I summoned a hundred hit dice of lions uh-huh. who were under my, who were under my perfect control, mm-hmm. who were then proceeded to using uh, phalanx techniques and uh, running using each other to bound over and dive into the the cockatiel men. Uh, decided to turn the battle pretty pretty soundly, and then he's like, "No, more more of them come from the sky," and I'm like, "Okay, dude." Well, how about I summon my patron, which is like a, a gem-based patron, and like turn all of their ropes from their holes in the sky to crystal, and they all start. Fu- it's raining men. Hallelujah! <laughs> Can't they fly? They're cockatoo men, right? Yeah. Well, I did mean, they have the wings or the arms? He did. He, he said there? arms. They weren't like. Oh. I don't think they were flying. So yeah. they just had bird heads. Yeah, they were just like bird. human human yeah. body. That's weird. That that was like the white. difference. It's like reverse it's Egypt. Right. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Egypt is weird, though. It is. No, hands. I agree. Yeah. They just have to have wide fingers. That's all. all right. So, does any, anybody else have anything they'd like to talk about they played? Or anything? No? Okay. We're still in the trying to get everyone scheduled to come back together after the holidays thing. So, oh, we're yeah. in the process of scheduling. So, next time I will have something. But this time I do not. All right. Well, soon. I wonder what the annual schedule looks like. It's like you miss a lot of the holidays. You miss the after the holidays. Yeah. You got people going camping in the middle of the summer. You know, like... Was there like six days a year everybody can play? <laughs> like we yeah. should fill out a calendar. Just yeah. just average RPG players. These yeah. are the days you're probably available. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that would be a f- interesting to just start blocking off like 
okay, this July is no good because that's family vacation. Uh-huh. And you'd think Phoenix, that would be fantastic. Like, hey, we're just going to sit inside in, and, the <laughs> right, in the air conditioning. <laughs> but no, that's like the the time when no one wants to go outside their house. So right. like, the real game is scheduling. Yeah. That's yes. the real part the of meta, role playing meta is scheduling. Yes, sure. It's almost impossible to get everybody together. You yeah. just kind of take what you can get. Yeah. Which is why she's trying out that single player system. Right. Okay, right. I'm going to play by myself. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> well, I pulled out Disciples of Bone and Shadow and said, I'll give this one a whirl because yeah. it's here and I found it again and it's I've been meaning to play it. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it 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 will certainly be interesting to hear what your uh, playthrough is like. I, I I did a little bit myself, and then I got distracted. So I need to. I'm I'm waiting for the uh, the next was not the next uh, sh- his next game to come. Yeah, that's from the Kickstarter. So yeah, I should probably get on that. <laughs> I've but, been I've been bad about that. I've been bad about Kickstarter in general. Well, it's actually. Good, except for when we're talking about our guest <laughs> yeah. Kickstarter. So you might want to get back on that this yeah, Friday. Yeah, really no, I definitely. I definitely. January 31st. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've been back on it anyway because of that Star Breach and then the oh, yeah. one that came out. So Yeah, right. that's true. I did back Star Breach. Yeah. I did that too. But uh, the, the next one you should consider backing is uh, Hunters of Avalon. Yes, tell us Tom. about Hunters yes. of Avalon. Yeah. I would love to. Um if I could remember, no, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's all I do with my life. It's yeah. a combination of uh, adult summer camp, escape rooms, and tabletop RPGs. And to go a little bit deeper, we take everything we can out of the tabletop and still make it seem real, and we let people interact with it in real life. So you come for the weekend. Oh, I should back up a little bit. It's a it's an all inclusive weekend. You pay us one price, and then um, your food and your lodging and everything is taken care of. But when you show up. You put your phone away, you put everything away, and we hand you a bag of copper coins, and you still have to rent your room at the inn and buy your food, and we give you just enough to get through like the first night and the first morning, and you have to go on quests and complete stuff at the tabletop to get more money in order to survive, all while trying to solve a bigger puzzle that culminates in this multi-hour escape room on Saturday night. We usually start on Thursday. Yeah, we usually we start on Thursday. That's We're never going to do it a different way. Why am I saying that? <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. And so that's, that's basically the concept. So you'll sit there, you still have, you still have tabletop sessions where you roll your dice and you, you play. But if, for example, the easiest one to explain is if you're playing a rogue and the GM tells you, you know, there's a treasure chest, um, you don't just roll to see if you can pick the lock. We just Mm -hmm. hand you some lock picks and you go pick it. It's in the corner. And more often than not, we built the treasure chest too. And it's got like gears and stuff on it for you to, Mm -hmm. to solve. Um, and then we kind of sandbag a little bit. So if you are playing a rogue, you get 10 minutes to pick that lock or whatever. And if you're playing a fighter or somebody that doesn't, isn't proficient, um, we only give you like two or three minutes. So you mm-hmm. still have a chance. If you, In real life, you're really good with lock picks. But uh, if you fail at any of that, we hit you with like darts or some sort of trap goes off, like a smoke bomb or something. Mm-hmm. It's, usually, gonna... it's usually not dangerous, usually. Usually. <laughs> I was going to say like those... Do you have license for poison needles? Like, <laughs> well, in Arizona, you don't need it. That's oh, that's right. That's, that's right. It's an open yeah. carry poison needle. Yeah, yeah. it's open. Wild open. West. <laughs> I actually learned this last weekend. You can carry a sword or an open blade anywhere in Arizona with no permit or anything. I was like, someone was like telling me, I was like, really? That's amazing. That no one, no wonder hmm. nobody ever stops me when I take my swords into McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, they're like, well, at least it wasn't a gun. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> can I just go aggro on the other players and steal their copper coins? Uh, you cannot. 
That's, okay. good. That's a good question. Yes. Um, it's actually right in the orientation. Uh, we tell them no there's PvP. no stealing from other people, no stealing from other NPCs. We do set up stuff for the rogues to go on special like stealing missions because they get their own side quests and stuff like that. Um, but we make it really clear that when you're on one, you will know exactly what you're supposed to steal and who to steal it from, and that will be something given to you from somebody else. And the main reason is, like, I don't know about you guys, but most of the tabletop RPGs I've played devolve into tons of arguing when the tre- when the loot comes out and everybody's yeah. like I get this much I get this much and the rogue's like I go in and steal it before they see it and then everybody gets mad right. <laughs> I don't want people at this thing pissed off at each other like so we just divvy up all the wealth equally but we still give stuff for the rogues to like be sneaky steely stabby with mm-hmm. so hmm. it was a great, great question thank you <laughs> it's always a big concern of ours well, yeah, that, that sounds awesome. So is it like bright and shiny early on Thursday morning or is it like? In an ideal world, the, or yeah, it would start then. Um, we've only done two play tests and they've kind of started around noon, one o'clock because we're scrambling to set up and the players are getting there and stuff like that. Um, okay. So, you know, it's half a day on Thursday, half a day on Sunday because people have planes to catch and stuff. Um, Sunday, we usually let them go as long as they want before they have to leave. And it's usually because it's like a story, obviously. You start in the beginning, and Thursday's like your tutorial day. Uh, the, we, the shops aren't really open yet. There's all vendors there. Like, you can go buy your rope and your gear and everything. And, you know, depending on if you want a real one, we give you a real one. Or sometimes we give you a card so you don't have to carry that stupid thing around the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and the tutorial day, really, like, we teach them the Easter egg concept, which everybody is probably familiar with. We just hide stuff everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the easiest one to understand is the rat hunt. So the innkeeper just says, I need, I need rats, bring me back a rat. And so we have all these stuffed rats all over, just hidden everywhere. Mm-hmm. They get them, they bring them back like any good RPG and the innkeeper takes it, throws it in a pot and gives them a copper coin. <laughs> and that's pretty much how we guarantee they never starve or go without a place to sleep uh-huh. for the event. Like we don't want people to be like, I can't eat tonight. So we make sure there's uh-huh. always enough they can do it. But when you get your food at the end, we give you a bowl of potatoes and if you want to add steak to it you have to pay more money with the coins you earn hunting the rats or solving the potato that top steak like is that. rat and we all know it. i know that's what i've <laughs> I was been like that's why come out the wants the rats. which is why yeah. we do that yeah. <laughs> you got it yeah. <laughs> it's more satisfying when you've hunted your own food yeah so. uh so yeah that's that's that is the sort of overview of it from there we do um there's side quests for people to do so like if you're a fighter we have specific side quests for fighters and they're very sandbox and freeform so you might get that quest and decide to do something else the rest of the time or you might decide to help the wizard with their side quest instead because it's just like you we try not to make people act too much in character while they're there so if you just happen to be really bad at whatever the fighter side quest was but you're really smart with whatever the wizard side quest is we don't stop you from working on their quest with them Mm -hmm. if you want to um, and then we have these things that are like ability challenges and we just timed all the six main uh, uh, D&D, Pathfinder, whatever, uh, ability scores. Strength, you know, wisdom, dexterity, intelligence, charisma, um, constitution. And there's like, they're like carnival game style. So mm-hmm. the easiest one is, the dexterity one is axe throwing. Hmm. We just have you throw axes for real. And all the NPCs that are there, the live actors, can actually participate as well. Mm-hmm. And you pay some money to enter the contest. And if you win, you get double the money back. Um, and it's higher risk, better reward. Takes yeah. a little bit longer than finding rats. <laughs> the thing they make the most money on is the side quests. I think you you helped me with one of the side quests. Yeah, I was ago. talking about the uh, defend the town. Yeah. Or, yeah. Was that, that looks like one, it's going to be one of the stretch goals. Was the... That is. It is. Um, 
so yeah, you helped us come up with that idea and we sat down and we, we built a whole mini game inside of our game. And now we've got like three or four different little mini games in the game as you're playing that you can like just sit down and participate in. And one of the ones uh, you helped me come up with was that like kind of a tabletop tower defense style. Mm -hmm. And we've gone a little bit farther with it and it's not just single player defend the town anymore. You can play single player defend, single player offense or two players and do that. So uh, offense and defense. So I'm glad I'm glad to be <laughs> contributing. We we were at a uh, a game design meetup, and we we're talking, and we just actually it's the room we're recording in right now. We were <laughs> we were sketching on the board like, ah, oh, what what are we gonna do? What are you gonna do with this? Like, uh, actually, the question I was gonna have is, uh, what are you gonna do for the con challenge? Are they drinking like strange things? That was or? my oh. question. Actually, all right, this is the one I thought everybody was gonna hate the most, and they did it like. 20 times and the constitution challenge was i made these orc heads out of stone because the whole theme of the event is the orc moot and like congregation of orcs is going to come in a couple weeks so mm. the hunters are there to discover proof of dragons or dragon relics and they want to scour the area before the orcs come in and destroy everything there's the synopsis of the next event mm -hmm. nice. um and the, actually the last event because where was our play test um so i made these stone orc heads out of concrete and they and they were colored and they had to each person got five of them and they had to run them and put them in a pillar until they made a totem mm -hmm. and run back and get the next one and run back and get the next one. So it was just running. Mm -hmm. And I was like, nobody's going to do this. <laughs> and like, if you had a high con, what I did was I stuffed the orc heads uh, with um, styrofoam. So like mm. everybody who had a low constitution got like a five to 10 pound orc head and mm -hmm. everybody else was like a two to three pound orc head if you had a high constitution score. Uh, okay. Make it like so that your in-game stats mattered in real life we gave you lighter ones so you could run those back and forth. That is and so I was like, cool. nobody wants to do this. And like, they were just out there running forever. I was like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even do it once. Which is not true. I actually, doing that the whole time. Right. Yeah. Actually I did yeah. do it once because you know, I wanted to make sure it was possible. And mm -hmm. I was right. like, wow, that sucked. <laughs> but they liked it. They were like, they were cheering and like the girl, um, one of the girls there actually won. She was playing a fighter. So she got the light ones, but she was just kicking their butts. Like just, she was so fast. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> like, nice. And she was in good shape. Um, so, oh, and I, the video is really cool. We've, we've, we 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 watch or I watched the video. Everybody seems to be kind of vaguely in costume. Are you are you helping them with that, or are you kind of encouraging people to come? Yeah, it's costume? a positive reinforcement, not and no negative reinforcement idea. Um, the uh, <clears throat> how do we even go to this explanation? Simply okay. So we encourage them to wear costumes. If they do, we give them prestige tokens, which is ultimately adds up to experience points at the end, or you can spend them to negotiate with like the innkeeper. And this is the only time you get your dice out when you're not at the tabletop is if you're negotiating with somebody for reward quest rewards or a lower price or something like that. And so we each roll our D20, whoever gets the higher number wins the negotiation. If the NPC wins, the price doubles. If the player wins, the price goes down by half. It's just a really quick, easy mechanic for everybody to keep track of. Mm -hmm. But if you have a prestige token, you can spend it and you roll with advantage. Ah, okay, nice. And so you can spend your experience points essentially, to to be able to I afford mean, more food at the end if you want. I, mm -hmm. There, there are many <laughs> games where you can do that for for uh, you know, like I remember the old West End Star Wars, where you can spend your spend <laughs> your experience points to try and get like just slight bonuses on dice. <laughs> yeah, and that's essentially all it is. And I mean, we also do a thing where the NPCs have a disposition towards you based on how you've treated them or some some initial thing they want. So one of our NPCs decided she didn't like men. And that was her thing. So mm -hmm. everybody, she started out as like a hostile disposition towards them, which meant she rolled two and take the higher against the male players. Uh, and then 
the she would just roll a normal roll against the female players. But all the players, if they were nice to her, interacted with her in a way that she that her character liked, she would move her disposition towards them from hostile to neutral to friendly. Okay, cool. Hmm. Um, and so that's another way to like. The, the, honestly, the main way you do it so the players aren't dicks to the NPCs. <laughs> like, like if you're mean to them, they're going to start like making your life harder because yeah. it's going to be harder to buy stuff for them, which is relatively accurate. This isn't Westworld. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so, yeah, the the uh, I forgot where I was going to go with that, but the the NPCs all have their dispositions, and you can you can affect it a little bit either way. And that's actually one of the rewards at the lowest tier in the Kickstarter is the innkeeper starts out with uh, as a friendly disposition towards you. Um, we, our Kickstarter, we tried to give at every tier an in-game reward. So if you, even if you didn't get a ticket to the event, if you ever come play, you'll get that mm-hmm. if you decide to be there. Um, and then we gave you like a real-life reward. And I, I, we did something different. I'm excited about it. I, don't know, I hope everybody likes it. I don't know. Is We added at the lowest tier, able to add lore to the world. Like you can oh. make up anything you want and we'll put it into our wiki. Mm-hmm. And it exists in the world as long as it doesn't break breach the terms of service for the website (laughs) and is not copyrighted content. Obviously those are some things we have to be careful of, but anything else, like if you want to name a town poop stain McPoopy place, (laughs) like we'll put it in there. I'm not promising it'll be where you want it, but it'll be there. (laughs) Um, We'll have guidelines. We'll be like, this is what you should do if you want it to be like canon that people take seriously, but we will have like, I'll just tell everybody we're gonna have like the mad, the the journal of a madman. And if anything is just too outrageous, we just Mm -hmm. put it in there (laughs) And it'll be in the wiki as his journal of things he wrote and things he imagined. Uh-huh. But you'll still get a place in the world. You'll still get credit for it. And people will probably visit that wiki or that journal frequently because we're going to start hiding clues for the game in it. Mm. Oh, nice. So it won't be that your effort was wasted. It just means like you kind of have to balance like what's canon and real with what's somebody made up. Mm-hmm. You know? So you can sort of start playing a little bit before you get there by yeah. like exploring this this wiki and mm-hmm. Uh, are you going to have like we, a, a Discord or? We do have a Discord. I set one up. Honestly, I'm really bad at social media, but I try to get on and answer questions and do all that stuff all the time. Um, so I have a Discord already. There's a Facebook group. Those are our two main ways to like stay in contact with me specifically if you want to know stuff. I have a I set up a Twitter and like a main Facebook page that I don't use. And uh, Twitter is useless. So. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same. Um, but I mean, it's not going to be completely useless. I'll, I'll actually give you guys another thing. We're going to have a puzzle somewhere when the Kickstarter launches and it's going to be in a different language. And I'm going to start posting the translations for that language onto all our different social media accounts. So if you go find how to translate this letter's A, this letter's B, this mm-hmm. letter's C, Ooh. it'll be the start of a puzzle. And at the end of it, I don't know for sure because my money guy is still figuring it out, but at the end of it, we want to give away a free event pass to whoever solves it. Cool. So, Oh, that's awesome. And, and you do have like follower goals. Um, yeah. As part of this, so that's that's also I, I kind of like that as a uh, you know because you can gen up support and so mm-hmm. it's a different way of doing it. But so let's so you so you mentioned like the lowest level is like ten dollars. Mm-hmm. You can do you can contribute some lore and then you get start with uh, in staff disposition as friendly. Yeah. So some of the in staff is not necessarily friendly from the beginning. It depends on so. This kind of goes into the conversation about the NPCs. Uh, we just get my friends and actors and anybody that wants to to come play the in staff and whatever mm-hmm. else. And so I let them make what they want their character to be. So I told you about the fur trader who decided she was going to be unfriendly toward men. The mm-hmm. the 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 in staff might start out with like I don't like elves, mm-hmm. and they'll know who the elves are and they'll start with unfriendly towards them. But if you back the Kickstarter at that reward level, 
anytime you come play Avalon, that Kickstarter character you have, the in staff will know about you because you've you're a wandering scholar. You're somebody who's been in the world and mm-hmm. you're known in the inns or something, you know, and like you get they all like you just because, you know, you bring business in. <laughs> right. And and a lot of a lot of these rewards kind of start getting into stuff you make because you're you're an outstanding maker. We've we've talked about this a, a lot, you and I. But like the, you've got these dice towers here, they're really cool. Uh, they have like good. They, they got little felt in there. Uh, they you pick them up. It's okay. Yeah. No, they broke. Oh, uh, yeah. They're they're, <laughs> they're travel dice towers. So, uh, one of them is uh, elf themed and it's a little more. Um, fluid and uh it's got a little green leaf there in the bottom and it's it's very cool and you 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 make all the puzzles in the game with your skills here you could definitely see yeah. <laughs> a lot of the different uh your your laser cutting skills have, are quite impressive uh. <laughs> so yeah um w- unlike most escape rooms specifically and stuff like that they they tend to get their puzzles kind of off the shelf or they find stuff and they, they kind of build around and there's mm-hmm. maybe a couple tricks like electromagnets or whatever, but we, we start with the story and we say, this is the thing we want to build for them to interact with when they walk into this ice cavern. And then we start building it and everything I build, I build at least seven times before it works. <laughs> like, um, and it's, it's hard, but it's very unique. It's, you will never encounter any of the puzzles because we don't buy them off the shelf. You know, like right. we do it. Um, so yeah, we make a lot of the stuff and a lot of the things on the Kickstarter rewards because the only reward where you get a pass to the event is at the highest level. And we've got some cool discounts on those and stuff, but, um, we didn't want other people who wanted to back the project not to get anything. So every reward under that, you get something like these dice towers um, for $25. And we built them specifically so you can assemble them and paint them yourself. So you can like, we'll, we'll include the felt and stuff so you can put it in there or you could just throw ours away and put your own felt in like whatever right. you want. Um, and I didn't actually bring any painted ones, but I guess it doesn't matter because listeners can't see them. Yeah. Um, but, uh, They're very well painted. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Beautiful. The I'll, coloring. I'll post amazing. the painted ones on our Facebook page and our discord. How about that? People can see some pictures of those. So, so the, some earlier there was before, before we started recording, there was some uh, talk about comparing this to like true dungeon mm-hmm. and some of those like in-person event. What's the, uh, what's the like, Fantasy land up in Utah, the uh Oh, uh Evermore Park. Yeah, Evermore Park. I actually Park. went to it. Oh yeah. Well how was that? Their production value is really good. There it's like the um the costumes are amazing, the the sets are incredible. I wish I had that kind of money. One of my that. friends does costumes for Evermore, so I'll pass yeah. that along to her. Yeah, no, I was super impressed by all of that. The gameplay I was less impressed by, but I think it's because their model is moves people th- as many people through in a night as they can. And so you don't get the same like individual attention you would when you come to our Hunters of Avalon event because there's really only 10 people at each event. So all the NPCs know your name by the end of the second day or in the first day or whatever. And so I went and did some of their quests and like there was no accountability. I just like the ranger gave me a quest and I just went back and told him I did it. And he was like, okay, here's your reward. I'm like, mm. all right. <laughs> so so, so, so yeah. I don't want to say it's bad because you know what? It's all different experiences. It just, I didn't feel engaged at Evermore Park other than just like the spectacle of how cool it looked. Yeah. Right. Well, and that, that, that's somewhat the theme park like model is like right. spectacle. And then there's like, oh, I did the, I did the thing. Here's mm-hmm. the thing. But like, if you wanted to say I did the thing and you didn't do the thing, yeah. you know, the, right. as contrast, I mean, it's, it's, no, I actually did go and do the thing he told me to do. I just didn't feel there's like no proof. He, there was yeah. no like, well, where's the head of the goblin? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there was no physical proof. There was no anything like that. Right. Mm. 
And didn't you do uh, True Dungeon, Adam? I did do True Dungeon at Gen Con a couple years ago. Um, did you do the Nordic one? Because I was there that same year. No, I did this one. It was like some snake temple. Okay. Like all these snake guys. Um, it was fun. Like it was neat. The production value was very high, and they had a little snake thing that came out at the end, and that was all very cool. It's kind of railsy. Um, and it's very much like you're in this room for this amount of time and then you got to move through because we're trying to get people through this mm-hmm. thing. And so mm-hmm. um, there wasn't mm-hmm. really much like actual role playing going on. And when I did try to role play, like the, some of the other people didn't like receive it very well, which is it's like I thought that's what we're here for. But yeah. all right, whatever. They just kind of wanted to like get through the rooms and do the quests and the puzzles. And I was like, all right, fine, we'll figure this stuff out. So, yeah, I think part of that comes from it being timed and you'll get in a group with veterans who understand the time limit and they're just trying to like grind through so they can solve that room as fast as possible or, right. or, or beat the monsters. They had this weird puck method of mm-hmm. fighting monsters. And if you can beat the monster fast enough, you got into the next room, maybe a little bit quicker. So you had more time to solve it before the next group of people pushed you out. You know? Right. And it alternated between, it was pretty consistent fight, puzzle, fight, puzzle, fight, puzzle, fight, puzzle, done. Mm-hmm. And there was like one cool puzzle at the end or something like that yeah but you don't have that problem where you're trying to uh, it's it, you're living in this world for, for yeah days, we, right? we so. try to let it breathe a little bit and let let the players explore what they're interested in and like we had one guy who was doing a ranger quest um, where we give him maps and a compass and he just wandered around in on the 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 grounds of like uh, it was a Boy Scout camp that we were at. Hmm. And he was just usually like, well, I could be over there throwing axes, but that doesn't sound as much fun. And he just went and he did every single of the 15 steps of the Ranger side quest um, and finished it. And it was like, that was amazing. It was so much fun. And like every time we had like basically treasure chests buried for him to find and he would like dig them up and find it and it would give the coordinates for the next one. Mm-hmm. Plus or minus, we gave a couple wrong ways so that he had to like work at it a little bit. And um, yeah, he loved doing that. That's awesome. So you say that you you kind of live in this world for a couple of days, and you had mentioned the innkeeper. But mm-hmm. what's the lodging like here? Is it camping? Is there, like a? Uh, it's it's a Boy Scout camp. It's mm-hmm. not. Like, okay. I, I don't want to oversell it, which is like I, my my team always tell me, no, tell everybody it's great. But I, it's a Boy Scout camp. You're sleeping on Boy Scout beds, but yeah. it's it's a cabin. You're not you're not in a tent. You're not on the ground. Uh-huh. Um, we we buy you know sheets and pillows and pillowcases and everything mm-hmm. and make it as nice as we can. Yeah. Um, and then we clean it all up. You know each time. Um, but you know, it's, it's, you have a room Mm -hmm. and the way we do the lodging is similar. Like there's one big common room where everybody like that's your one copper plate, one copper piece sleeping arrangement. Uh Um, and everybody's in there. And if you don't want to be in there with the other snoring people, you have to pay like three or four copper pieces to get the semi-private room where Mm. you've got like kind of your own area, but it's. We, we put a big sheet up between the two beds uh-huh. so like you can still hear the other people. Yeah. And then we have a higher end one, which is like the King's quarters, which is like a private room. You can get it all by yourself. Yeah. But you, you're going to get a whole bunch of rats that first night in order to afford that. Right. So, <laughs> and it's possible. Like, yeah. And it, 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 what's interesting is I thought the economy was the thing people were going to be the most frustrated with uh-huh. um, the, for the first two play tests because we're selling an all-inclusive thing and then we're making you buy your stuff. Right. But everybody has been like, that was their favorite part. They were like, I got to decide it was okay to sleep in the room full of snoring people because I wanted to eat the steak dinner. Right. And they, they felt like they were immersed and engaged because that was a conscious decision they made, sorry, in the, in the gameplay versus we just told them this is what you get. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a full, like authentic experience. It sounds like. So that's as, very cool. Yeah. As close as we can make it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was, that, that sounds very much like what we talk about here, which is like, yeah, if if it was easy, like, what's the point of going into the dungeon? Like, what's mm-hmm. the point of, like, trying to 
to like like survive in this world if it was just easy and and you know sometimes surviving in another world takes you your mind off of this one so mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. oh yeah it's definitely the ultimate in escapism at, at the beginning everybody's a little grumpy about putting their their phones away and by the end they're like i have more quests to do i don't want to get my phone out can we just do can we stay another two days like, i don't have that kind of money <laughs> <laughs> no you can't yeah. go home yeah mm-hmm. exactly um, yeah, everybody leaves with stuff still to do. The the orcs have come. Yeah, right. Yeah. That would actually going. be the, the best way to end the thing if I could just get like 100 people to show up in orc costumes and chase them out. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, so if you're listening and you want to get in an orc costume, we're not like... Hmm. <laughs> it's at least um, like five, like just yeah. five orcs come running in. Yeah. Sure. Like the oh, yeah. vanguard of the orc army has arrived yeah. and it's like right. they're starting to push over the the tents that have been emptied <laughs> right. previously and just knock like, over the fruit stands yeah yes. yep <laughs> right 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 Get, hit um, the, the glass panes that are coming across the street like running through them and <laughs> yeah yeah totally uh you asked me a little bit about the costumes before that the players wear and we we encourage them to do it we don't penalize them for not wearing costumes i wanted to kind of go back to that because i think that's one of the things that's very different People always ask me, is it a LARP? And it just really isn't. Like, we don't have any rules that they have to dress up. We don't have any rules other than don't be a dick when you're not at the tabletop. You know, yeah. there's the, there's that dice rolling mechanic that we talked about for negotiation, and that's it. Other mm-hmm. than that, if you want to talk in character, you can. And the NPCs all have prestige they can give you for you acting in character. And if you don't, then nobody says, well, we're taking something from you. Like, you get to just do whatever your comfort level is. Mm-hmm. You lose your steak dinner. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And, you know, uh, disclaimer, we don't have steak dinners. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's steak in the dinner. <laughs> so this is coming out on it's the 30th. This is coming out it's on the 30th. And you've got, you're going to, you're going to launch on the 31st. Correct. And you've got a, very few early bird five hundred dollars, which is is going to go right away. I I, c- I can already tell. I hope so. Uh, I'm yeah. But and then and then it goes up, and basically the ticket for four days, food, lodging, and games mm-hmm. is a thousand dollars. Yeah, that's the. If you don't get in one of the three early bird tiers, it's a thousand dollars to come. Oh. Which seems like very reasonable. I just. Spent way oh, yeah. more than that on to go to California. So like, yeah. yeah, well, thank you. We're trying. <laughs> Don't want to price people out, and that's one of the reasons I want to give out the the free ticket if I can. And you know, I I don't want people that think it's a fun time to not be able to participate mm-hmm. um, just because of money. So at least at least one free ticket every time I run the events will happen. Um, if I can do one one free ticket per weekend, I'll do that, but we're still working on the pricing structures and stuff. Yeah. I think some kind of uh, scholarship uh, style, like anybody that's going can also kind of donate to help mm-hmm. bring somebody else. Yeah. That'd be like, fun. They kind of like, uh, they do that for like Metatopia and a bunch of other like game designer conventions. Mm-hmm. Like they like, Hey, we're going to bring some people from around here that can't mm-hmm. really necessarily afford to come. Right. Uh, so do you want to donate something extra? for that mm-hmm. i like that idea yeah maybe we can put that in um uh, you know not that you don't have enough to do but uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad i mean I, I anything that makes the community want to be invested and in, cr- help create the experience um i think is huge like make them not make them but allow them to help let other people participate that maybe couldn't i think is mm-hmm. a wonderful idea um the other thing we do is we let the players Obviously, the longer this goes on and the more lore that happens in the Kickstarter, the harder this is going to be. But we let the players create things that are canon in the world as they go. So we I tell this story all the time, but 
the very first play test we did, we had a ghost that went through the dungeon because the dungeons aren't timed. So we lose that escape room element of like, you've got this much time to solve it. But if the ghost touched you, you died and you had to be resurrected. Mm. So they would buy holy water from the, the priest in town mm. and they were throwing holy water on her. And that wasn't my plan. <laughs> the priest <laughs> just filled up these bottles with vodka and I had to tell the girl, I'm sorry, they're going to throw vodka on you. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> and it's okay because it was his girlfriend, so it worked out. And she didn't mind. And I was like, if you're mad, you get mad at him. I was um, like, could you just put water in there? Like, It was too late. The vodka was already in there. But they, uh, it was funny that they never opened it up to drink it because alcohol also yeah. costs money at the right, event. Right. And they were uh, just like, it's holy water. And they were like throwing uh, it on her. See, if I was the ghost, I'd be trying yeah, to catch it in my yeah, mouth. Yeah, the ghost is just, ah. I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm now a banshee. I <laughs> right. run around with my mouth open. <laughs> exactly, time. just screaming. You have to hit me in the face. <laughs> yes. Pretty much, it yeah. It only works water. if you get it here. <laughs> it only works if you get it in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Never thought I'd have to say that again. For the third time. Thought that so, was behind me. Right. So nope. they ran out of holy water, and uh, some other guy had come, and he was playing just a local farmer, and he had been selling them potatoes he bought at the real world store. Uh, <laughs> so somebody had a potato, and they handed it to her, and the ghost took it. And I was like, actually, kind of mad. I was like, wow, <laughs> why would a ghost take a potato? And I was like, whatever, fine. But the players loved it, and I was like, well, now. In this world, there are ghosts who accept potatoes as payment. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and then I thought about it, and I was like, well, I guess vodka's made out of potatoes, so it yeah. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long Just, way from that potato to that died vodka. in the potato famine. And yeah, so exactly. Scary. It's like, mm-hmm. give me potatoes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I try not to dictate what their fun is, and they like it. So if the, and the players drew where they were from on a map, and now eventually when we get a cartographer and everything, we'll take that hand-drawn map they did, and we'll put it up, and we'll have the map of our world, and the stuff the players added on will be there for real because you know they get to make the world as much as we do i just make the puzzles nice i like i like that you're leaving uh, blank spaces for people to fill in that's uh it's very uh very much one of the principles i like to go by with uh, apocalypse world and a bunch of other the more uh story-based uh, rpgs that mm-hmm. let you build worlds uh but uh that that sounds fantastic and i'm mm-hmm. i'm all, i'm, all, I'm I was excited before, but now I yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like look for it on Kickstarter. Yeah, for sure. When is this going to be taking place? Do you know yet? Uh, it'll be next October. Next October. Um, assuming the Kickstarter funds, then we will do it. We're as, going to assume that it is. So. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm going. I need to be more positive. You're right. It's going to happen. We're going to fund this Kickstarter, and we're mm-hmm. going to do this event next October, uh, probably the first, second, and third weekends. Okay. If we sell enough tickets, we'll cool. do one weekend for sure because mm-hmm. that's ten people, and then we'll get up to thirty and. Mm-hmm. After thirty, after three weekends, it's going to depend on how much the Kickstarter raises because I can beg, plead, and you know, just really, just beg. Really, I, I no stealing. You said for, stealing wasn't allowed. So. No stealing. <laughs> I, I can beg and plead my friends to be the NPCs, you know, yeah. for three weekends, and I can find people to do it. And I can train them, but at mm-hmm. some point, I have to start paying people to show up for four days and be an innkeeper and whatever mm-hmm. else. And Three weekends is about as much as we can do on our first try. Mm-hmm. If we raise a ton of money on the Kickstarter, then I can go like to local imp- improv troops and people will be like, hey, I can mm-hmm. pay you guys to come this weekend. It just, the price goes up because I got to pay yeah. people. And, I, and honestly, next? like I want to pay people. Like that's the better way of doing things. I don't want to just rely oh, yeah. on volunteers all the time, but we got to start somewhere. <laughs> when you well, say next October, do you mean this October? Or uh, October 2020. 2020. Okay, cool. So um, the, the nice thing is the event we're doing is the last one we play tested. So mm-hmm. I just need to fix some puzzles and redo a couple little things that I think weren't good mm-hmm. and we're ready to run again in October. From then in October, 2021, we want to do it again, but I'll start an all new event and I'll invent all new puzzles from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we'll do another Kickstarter or what we'll do. It just kind of mm-hmm. just depends on what kind of funding we have. It, yeah. it costs 
you know, just, just putting on, building all the puzzles, just materials, not paying people or the food or the location or anything, mm-hmm. cost me $10,000 just to, just to build all the traps and puzzles mm-hmm. and escape room and all that other yeah. stuff. And like our big, our big dream is to, if we've raised enough money is when that event's done in October, we break it down, we put it in a nice retail space and mm-hmm. people can come play a scaled down version of the event. They yeah. may not have the ax throwing and all the other stuff, but they'll get to play the tabletop and experience all that stuff and they'll get to do the escape room. And that way we can have those assets out for people to, to, to play with for the entire year while mm-hmm. we build the next one and then just keep cycling through like that. Yeah. But as long as they can still collect rats. Right. They, yeah. We will make sure there will be, you know what, just for you. All right, there great. Will always be, it, I want to I collect enough to make a rat flail. Tie <laughs> <laughs> all the rats right, together. Just Hold on. Rat flail. Yeah. Can somebody somebody message me rat people. flail. I'm going to build one for you. All right. <laughs> awesome. It's going to be pretty good. Well, um, great. It, so, it sounds uh, fantastic. Is there anything else you'd like to say that uh, we haven't covered today? Uh, I, well, I mean, if, if I can say anything, like, I don't know how many of my friends are actually listening, but I'm very grateful for all their help. <laughs> they help mm-hmm. me create these things. I engineer them and I plan them, but I get so much help from them. So thank you everyone for coming and helping me build stuff and create it and paint it and do all that stuff. This wouldn't happen without them. So that's it's turned into that's a Beatles cool. song real fast. Yeah. I know, <laughs> but I like the Beatles, so it's fine. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for uh, coming hang out with us, and no uh, thank you. Um, uh, good luck with the Kickstarter, and I think I think it's set up very well. I think you're going to see some interesting uh, movement on the social media towards you. So I think uh, it sounds pretty good to me. So awesome, thank you. Uh, and uh, well, I think here's where we uh, talk about Exalted Funeral. Exalted Funeral, our sponsors. If you want. Heavy metal, black metal, occult, or role-playing merchandise. Go check out Exalted Funeral. Let them know we sent you. Hit them up on the internet, exaltedfuneral.com. They have what you need, all kinds of cool stuff. Personally, I'm a big fan of all the DCC, MCC stuff on there. So, you know, it's like, go check it out. They're doing all kinds of stuff. They're on a big come-up, and they've got... They redesigned the website, and they've got Kickstarters and all kinds of stuff happening. It's uh, It's been amazing watching that take off, and we're yeah. happy to be a part of it. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to be doing some Zine Quest stuff coming up from what I hear, mm-hmm. so check out, watch out for that stuff. So, uh, Ashley, yeah, how do we do this show? How, who, who else sponsors this show? Our Patreon supporters. Everyone over at Patreon. Yeah, yeah. patreon.com forward slash RPG. Yep. And uh, if you want to get at us, uh, fullmetalrpgofficial at gmail.com. Email us there. Uh, if you want to check out our Discord, tinyurl.com slash fullmetaldiscord. Uh, ha- come hang out. There's a lot of really cool people on there. We're at- Every time we interview people online, they tend to get added there. So like, it's mm-hmm. a kind of a quite the rogues gallery of, uh, of people. Uh, and, then, uh, and then Instagram and Facebook, fullmetalrpgofficial. Uh, that's what we go by. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then, uh, that's, that's, that's the show for tonight. So awesome. thanks everybody. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Rah. Thanks. Thanks.